Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you koi pond and water garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is Mike Gannon of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. Welcome to episode 74 of this podcast. I'm glad you guys all made it here, and I'm glad to be here with all of you. And um, this episode, episode 74, um, we're going to focus a bit on, we're going back to kind of the conservation uh, drive that I've been in with, with some of these podcasts. So uh, I just think um, I'm kind of doing a few of these very specialized podcast focusing on conservation because conservation and ponds I feel go together really well they kind of it ponds are a great tool for for conservation and um in this episode that's what we're going to take a look at and talk about a little bit specifically birds birding and bird watching and bird people and conservation this episode is brought to you by that pond place that pond place is a new destination location for a koi pond, water garden, and water features. Not just displays to come and check out and enjoy, but beautiful aquatic plants, colorful, friendly koi fish and goldfish, and pond supplies of everything. What do you need? They will have it. That pond place is located in New Jersey at 2656 Route 57 in the highlands of New Jersey, Stewartsville right on Route 57. Everybody come on and check out that Palm Place. Again, 2656 Route 57 in Stewartsville, New Jersey. The destination location for all things aquatic, koi pond, water garden, water feature, aquatic plants, colorful fish, and supplies for everything that you could possibly need. That Palm Place. Visit thatpondplace.com, that Palm Place on Facebook, and the phone number is 908-329-6176. You know, I've always considered pond keep to have at least a toe dipped into the practice of com- conservation. It may not be an expressed desire. I've never, in several decades of building ponds, had someone say to me that they're doing it for the reasons of conservation, as noble as that would be. But I get to know my clients and find out why they are doing a pond, what moved them to actually take that step of actually having a pond, which is not a lightly made decision. People don't just kind of do it on a whim. You know, a lot of the time what I see emerge from their decision on doing a pond is their enjoyment of not just a beautiful pond filled with amazing, colorful koi, lush aquatic plants, but all of the interplay that happens around it. They love that all of the local wildlife interacts with their pond. To me, they are enjoying the impact of conservation that is unfolding before them. I see that a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, with pond keepers. And it's so much more than just keeping fish and, pl- fish and plants. 
Conservation has been a long fought for ideal here in the United States and elsewhere for a long time. This desire of man to somehow protect, preserve, maintain, and sustain nature as if we can is not a modern attribute unknown to those of antiquity. We moderns often consider ourselves at the peak of enlightenment on matters such as conservation and preservation. How could the brutes of history, the lesser developed cultures and civilizations, have cared as much about the environment as we do? All they wanted to do was conquer the world. Us modern people want to keep it all pure and unspoiled. We are the self-appointed and unchallenged custodians of this planet. Hashtag LOL. Um, have you taken a look around the globe at how well we're doing with that? I can assure you that if you have not, you will be beyond shocked at what you see when it comes to modern civilization's role as protector of nature. <clears throat> Concern for the natural state of the planet, concern about man's intervention with natural processes on the planet would actually go way back. Mankind has been more or less concerned with, the maintaining, with maintaining the natural state of our plant, planet for a while, probably because it's so painfully obvious when we do not. So conservation naturally becomes a concern. We do seem to be self-appointed in the conservation of this planet, planet, but man has been charged since the beginning of creation with the work and upkeep of the land. It's literally our job and duty according to God the creator. We kind of do it too. Actually, throughout history, there have most certainly been decrees, declarations, laws, customs, traditions, and practices that have had what we would define today as the spirit of conservation and or preservation. Since antiquity, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, the Persians, and many other high civilizations from thousands of years ago all integrated gardens into their ways of life. <clears throat> I'm sure clubs, groups, and societies for gardening, horticulture, etc., have been around a long time. Those could be considered conservation-based groups. Here in the U.S., the romantic ideal of conservation and preservation were made popular by guys like Henry David Thoreau, John Weir, Teddy Roosevelt in the 1800s and the early 1900s. First Wildlife Conservation Society was chartered in 1895. The Audubon Society was formed in 1905. Roosevelt created the first official federally recognized parks here in the U.S., and set aside millions of acres in the early 1900s as a popular conservation movement, movement swept over the U.S. But what does all this have to do with koi ponds and water gardens? I can hear that question burning in your heads right now. This is a pond podcast, right? So let's keep it pondy. I hear you. Keep it pondy. Here, you want to keep it pondy? Let's go with one of these guys. Keep it pondy. Okay, yeah, well, how about this one? Keep it pondy. Okay. Keep it pondy. There you go. Okay, now we know what we're supposed to be doing here. Um, anyway, let's get on with how all this connects to koi ponds and water gardens. I know, I know, I'm, I'm getting there. It's all going to come together soon, really. An interesting note to me is that many of these groups 
had a keen interest in keeping birds protected, among many other species, of course. But birds seemed to have a special place in the early conservation movements in the U.S. The great egret, snowy egret, those majestic birds, awesomely beautiful, were among the first protected species. The great egret had almost been hunted into extinction because a specific feather, the plumage, on that bird was all the rage when tucked into women's hats. At the time, everybody wore hats, like all the time, and the great egret was disappearing because its feathers were being collected to such a point. Today, in 2021, the great egret is doing just fine and has rebounded quite well, and I don't have an egret feather in my hat, I can tell you that. Although it does sound kind of cool, maybe I might do it. So if I do choose to do it, don't judge me. Almost to the point of becoming a nemesis to pond keepers, the great egret has bounced back, treating our backyard koi ponds and water gardens like this local sushi joint. And here's where backyard ponds, water gardens, waterfalls, got waterfall, and water features of pretty much all types come in into play as the, as in a point of con- conservation. Got waterfall. <laughs> I think that the ponds, other water features, I think that the, the ponds, other water features that we add to a landscape um, are a powerful tool of conservation. I'm a pond professional. I've been in the pond industry for 26 or more years. I've been working with ponds in the New Jersey area all this time, but get exposed to ponds from all over the place. I get an intimate perspective on all type of water features and see how they interact with nature. My company is called Full Service Aquatics, and we're based in Summit, uh, Summit, New Jersey. Stewartsville, New Jersey is our latest location, our newest location, um, as I record this podcast. Full Service Aquatics designs, installs, maintains, and provides services for koi ponds, water gardens, and water features. Um, Hey, if you want to check out my website, it's fullserviceaquatics.com. It's great content in the site, including access to my videos on YouTube, my blog, and of course, more podcasts. FSA creates world-class koi ponds and water gardens. We handle projects just about anywhere. So let's talk about your pond project, 908-277-6000. I build a lot of ponds and one of the things I truly love most about them, obviously, you know, the fish and plants, but I also love seeing the birds. Birds are just amazing, and we'll usually find a new pond within a matter of hours. If you're into birding and you do not have a pond, then you're missing out on one of the most powerful attractants you can offer to a local bird population. I can look out at my pond at almost any time during waking hours, and the chances there being a bird by the pond is pretty high. Every year, I spend some time talking with groups, garden groups, koi pond groups, landscape enthusiasts, even the home shows about ponds and using water features in the landscape. At least pre-COVID, I did. We'll see how uh, 2021 shapes up in doing talks for koi pond and water garden groups. But in every presentation, I will always bring up how birds respond to water in the landscape, no matter if it's a bird bath or a full-blown, custom-built, state-of-the-art koi pond water garden maybe just a waterfall display or a rock bubbler, a fountain. The water feature can be simple or complex, whatever the case, the birds are going to find it and find it fast. Forget the feeders. 
the expense of the feeders, the mess and the maintenance of the feeders. One water feature will attract water and feed so many more bird species than having a ton of feeders. One water feature. Set up a pond. Come on, people. Let's get conservative. Set up a pond. You'll see. The little birds are always first. I'm not kidding when I say within the first hour of a new feature, it is more likely than not a bird or several will arrive. Songbirds, softbills, sparrows, finches, doves, chickadees, cardinals, bluebirds, all those cool little birds are so fast to find water. They quickly congregate around a pond or waterfall, often in pretty large groups. They obviously enjoy the water, splashing and bathing, refreshing themselves, enjoying a deep drink, cooling off, grooming themselves. They come and they go, flitting here and there. Clearly a gratifying experience for small birds. Hummingbirds often make appearances as well. Then the ripple effect begins. Word gets around quickly in the bird world. There's some chatty Cathy's in the bird world for sure. Then the bigger kids come into the playground. The jays, the crows, starlings, woodpeckers, robins, thrushes, flickers, grackles, those grackles, wrens, and all those kind of class of birds. Depending on where you live, this list of birds I'm giving can be exchanged for another list of birds. But the point is there will be a list, not just a couple rare sightings. My location is in the Northeast United States. Maybe you're mid-Atlantic or Northwest or the Plain States or Southwest, the Deep South. No matter the region, the birds will come. If you build it, they will come. A thing that I enjoy since I get snow in my area is seeing all the tracks of the birds in the snow around the pond. The use of the pond is year-round, but all those birds are really only half the story. Don't be surprised when waterfowl and predatory birds find you, your pond. Many types of ducks and geese, even gulls, would not be a surprising sight to show up. I mean, we're talking about ponds. I have turkey that use my pond. No exaggeration. I have a flock of about 26 turkey, a rafter of 26 turkey that live on my property. And they will often come right up onto my patio and drink from my pond. They literally will come up to my front door sometimes, not for a drink or anything, but they just, they're not very shy. And uh, I love it. It's actually amazing to watch. And they are some really big birds. No joke. Turkeys are pretty huge. So the big birds will come too. They're, they're not all compact specimens that use the pond or water feature. Cormorants, pelicans, storks, herons. And as mentioned before, egrets will also very likely show up at your pond at some point or another. These are some big birds, folks. The great blue heron is a common visitor to the ponds that I manage in the northeast U.S. The great blue heron is an apex predator coming in at four feet tall, wingspan of six feet. They can weigh up to five pounds for a bird. Pretty big. Egrets, sometimes called great white heron coming in quite large too. These are very large birds. They're pretty stunning to witness, very beautiful, majestic. They may they make me want to wear a hat for some reason. Those are just the aquatic predatory birds. Other predators such as owls of various types, hawks, falcons, even eagles. All of those will utilize our ponds as a resource. That 
is conservation. Of course, we don't want them preying upon our beautiful koi and goldfish. As amazing as it may be to see a peregrine falcon buzzing your pond or a great blue heron wading into our ponds or an egret perched nearby, the predatory class of birds, we will want to discourage from getting too comfortable around our koi ponds, goldfish ponds, even water gardens. Our goal is to offer conservation by way of a water source, a food source, a habitat source. And our ponds fill all that paradigm of conservation. But our goal, even a place to reproduce, but our goal is not to be the neighborhood sushi joint with the freshest sashimi. No. So keep the predators at bay best you can. All the rest of the abundant species that will be utilizing our ponds, often as a lifeline during difficult times of the year, all the rest can be welcome. When a pond is present, birds have a water source that is absolutely a critical lifeline. Many bird species will be more comfortable nesting and become more proliferate when a water source is nearby. Water offers a food source to so many species in so many ways. Some birds take advantage of the rich bug hunting opportunities above and below water. Larvae of various type are present. Worms, crickets, grasshoppers, beetles, grubs, all make a home near water and provide a food source for birds. Some birds are there for the frogs or fish, of course, or even other birds. And it's not all fun and games. Birds can be preyed upon by large toads and bullfrogs, so they're most definitely fair game. Ponds are not a one-way street for birds, and such is the circle of life. The food chains and food webs, the ecosystems that emerge from our ponds are complex and farther reaching than most of us would imagine. The impact that our ponds can have extends very much beyond the borders of the pond. The local wild populations will become healthier, better fed, better hydrated. If a bird from five miles away came to your pond for a drink, a meal, or even a bath, then it's reasonable to consider that your pond has a conservation-based sphere of influence stretching out many miles. That's impressive. Imagine a small six-by-eight pond having such an impact. Of course, a larger pond would have a greater impact. Ponds are powerful tools in the world of conservation. If you want to do your part or make a difference, sponsor a pond at your local school, your local park. Ponds, birds, and conservation are a natural fit. Forget the feeders for the birds. The old adage, if you give a man a fish, if you give a bird a feeder, you have them fed for a day. If you give a bird a pond, you have them fed for their lifetime. Confucius said that. Or who said that? Gandhi? Or um, who said that? There's a really smart guy. Yeah, it was Confucius. Not the Confucius. There was a guy named Confucius McGillicuddy, and he was from Newark, New Jersey. He said that. But I'm sure the real Confucius would have wholeheartedly agreed because they are wise words indeed. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast series here that is dealing with conservation and how ponds can help in those efforts. I truly believe in pond building as a powerful conservation tool. There are more episodes with the conservation theme for you to check out. I got some coming up on bats and well, we talked about birds. We're going to talk about bees, the birds and the bees, and many other different um, topics with the focus on conservation and how ponds uh, water features, water gardens, all of these 
really bring it all together and act as an incredible tool for conservation. My name is Mike Gannon. I'm your host. I'm a pond professional, owner of Full Service Aquatics, Koi Pond Water Garden and Water Feature Company based out of Stewartsville, New Jersey. And we do projects anywhere. Want to talk about a project? Got a pond question? Need some help? Give me a call, man. I'm happy to help. My number is 908-277-6000. 908-277-6000. My website is fullserviceaquatics.com. I'm on Facebook too. There is more of the Koi Pond Water Garden podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, whichever podcast platform you choose. Thanks for sharing this time with me. Keep it pondy, everybody. If you want to find out more about any of the organizations mentioned in this podcast, you can check out uh, the National Audubon Society at audubon.org, the Wildlife Conservation Society at wcs.org, the Sierra Club at sierraclub.org. Any and all of these organizations need your support. There are many, many other groups out there. If you do a little Googling to find the group that you'd like to join or support, or why not make your impact local and support your local pond professional? They are doing conservation work all the time. Support them, build a pond, donate a pond to your local school as a learning tool, outdoor classroom for the kids. Kids today need ponds more than they need screens. And you can support me if you like this content and podcast, share it, like it, rate it. I would appreciate that. Again, I'm Mike Gannon. Catch you next time on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. Keep it pondy, everybody. Keep it pondy. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You got to do that. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. The aquatically obsessed and all y'all out there, thanks for sticking around. And remember, this episode was brought to you by That Pond Place. That Pond Place is a destination location for pond keepers. Amazing aquatic plants, colorful koi fish, beautiful displays all located in the very scenic highlands of New Jersey. Come on out, take a ride, and visit that pond place, 2656 Route 57, Stewartsville, New Jersey, 908-329-6176, thatpondplace.com, that pond place on Facebook, that pond place on Instagram. Catch you later, everybody. <laughs>